You're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier, one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. We are all in a somewhat crazy um, time and a somewhat concerning time and a whole lot of mixed emotions. And for those of you who are listening will know, obviously, if you're listening at the moment and, you know, in March 2020, we are going through a bit of a a strange place in the world with the COVID-19 pandemic and what that means for families across the world. I'm going to break it down today. I know I did an episode recently with regards to COVID-19 and its effects on pregnant women and new babies, but this is more a case of how this pandemic is affecting people's everyday lives. And I'm not talking about people with COVID-19. I'm talking about the people's surroundings that are now part of, you know, certain countries are going into lockdown. Certain countries have people on all different terms with regards to isolation and if schools are open or not, you know, there's a whole lot going on in the world and it's it's consuming everyone. It's all anyone's talking about. It's all, in, all you're seeing on TV. It's all you're seeing on social media. A lot of that is very inaccurate information, I might add. But it's everywhere. So I'm going to break down probably a dozen things that I really want you to know and I really want you to be aware of with regards to what's happening with COVID-19 and how how that affects you. The first thing I want to talk about is for those listening who are in lockdown and the word lockdown literally makes it sound like you're in jail, you're in home detention. It's such a negative connotation. It is just such a really... A really daunting word. And I think a lot of this, a lot of the wording used, the terminology used, the things we're seeing on the news and media are really triggering people's mental health, which is why I want to break all these things down. If you're in lockdown, you're being basically told to stay home and just chill out. And I want to word it like that because I have had people describing the fact that certain countries have gone into lockdown as basically like stay inside. If you leave, you're going to catch it and die which is not what the real idea of lockdown is. The idea of lockdown is to reduce exposure to people to reduce the spread. And you all would have heard the terminology flat on the curve. There are a lot of people in immunocompromised states that do need to stay away because they potentially would be very unwell if they were to catch COVID-19. But the fact that you're in lockdown isn't because everyone who leaves their house is going to pass away because the COVID's going to be in the air and they're going to be swept away by it. The word lockdown, again, I think is a very negative and harsh word, and it's very scary for a lot of people. What has happened now, and I've seen in other countries, is when they've been given warning that they're going to go into lockdown, the panic buying has gone from silly to outrageous. Countries, all I can speak for is Australia, who, and we're not in current lockdown as such, but in New Zealand, who will be in lockdown by the time you hear this episode, is that supermarkets are staying open. There is going to be the ability to go to the supermarket, to have someone go to the supermarket for you if need be. They are going to stay open. And both of these countries are producers of a lot of their own food themselves. They have great farming, you know, communities. They have, they can produce their own fruit and veggies. They've got, you know, meat supplies. There's a lot that is produced within the countries, New Zealand and Australia in particular, that will easily cover the population over the time of a lockdown period of, you know, I think we know four, whether it's four, six, eight weeks, whatever you're looking at. The 
panic buying yesterday when in New Zealand, for example, a lockdown was announced was insane. There were violent situations. There were people buying things they didn't even need, just swiping shelves to clear up everything into their own trolleys to get it before the next person. This is just causing more hysteria and it's causing people who didn't think they needed to panic buy to then panic buy because they have to buy before the panic buyers take all the food and vegetables and produce and toilet paper, which you still can't really buy anywhere. So people need to calm down. People need to take what they need, buy what you need and chill out. The supermarkets are staying open. So people need to really be mindful that you're panic buying because you can afford to stock up for four weeks. The person next to you who can't afford to stock up for four weeks is now left without items that they need. I've dealt, I've looked after families that have children that have severe allergies or food preferences for you know autistic children, for example, and they physically can't buy the only foods their children can and will eat because panic buyers have bought everything. Let that sink in. Imagine not being able to feed your child what they need and require to eat because other people have been chucking everything they could in their trolley to keep themselves afloat for potentially two years um, unnecessarily. Hysteria, I think, is the real trigger for a whole lot of, well, again, panic buying and also mental health issues that will arise from this really highly anxiety-driven, scary time for a lot of people. Hysteria is often driven from the media and more often than not driven from the media. Social media just amplifies that. We live in a day and age with social media, so this is amplified hugely. So if you can steer clear of watching all the news stories, watching all the current affairs stories, reading all the Facebook posts and clicking on all the shared posts that your cousin, sister's uncle's friend who said they work in an emergency department in Northern Ireland, you know, may or may not be correct, but hey, here's a post. Just try not to read. Try and find a reputable source. Stick with that. Stick with government release figures or stick with a reputable source and quit looking at what people are sharing. People are sharing inaccurate information all over the show. Information about how you can self-diagnose by breathing and holding your breath. And if you know you cough, you've got COVID and all this kind of stuff. All inaccurate information. Stick to medical professionals and in your country and what is being released. Stick with the statistical graphs. Um, stick with sources like World Health Organization. Don't read all the shared posts from everyone. You're buying into the hysteria and you're making it potentially far worse for yourself and your own mental health. So that's what I, I mean, but basically those are the things I want to cover with regards to the panic buying and the hysteria and so forth. I did start talking about mental health and this is something that is a huge red flag for vulnerable people, um, vulnerable families and mums also who are potentially are just still dealing with postnatal depression or PTSD, postnatal anxiety, antenatal depression. All of those things, because I know majority of my audience is um, new mums or expectant mums. So I want to basically say to people, it's really important to, if, if it's giving you anxiety, especially all the reading of everything that's going around, stop reading it. Obviously, you're going to be following whatever your country's um, like rules they've put in place, whether you're in lockdown and so forth. But you need to tap away from the sources that are giving you the constant panic and the constant anxiety around it and just step back and chill out at home because that's basically what people are being encouraged to do 
you can do that without reading every single Facebook article that is shared and you'll feel a hell of a lot better. So I need everyone to be mindful if they have any mental health issues or if they've got any tendencies for anxiety or depression or, you know, just paranoia, anything like that. Be really mindful and still be just as quick, if not quicker, to put up your hand and ask for help if you feel that that's what's happening and it's starting to brew ask for help early because otherwise you're potentially, I mean, being stuck at home with a baby or multiple children, toddlers, no no matter what age your child are, that can make you feel a bit stir crazy normally. Throw in this and potentially not being able to leave your house for, you know, many reasons, it's going to escalate those things a lot more. I do want to talk about another thing which has really been concerning me lately, to be honest, and I've raised it with um, colleagues and I've raised it with other health clinicians that I've been having discussions around this with. Home isn't a safe place for everybody. There are partners in relationships where there is domestic violence and abuse, I mean, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. There's children in situations exactly like that who often would find other outlets to be their safe place, whether it's school or work or university or visiting friends or so forth. We need to be mindful um, for anyone listening who understands what I'm talking about because they're going through it. You still need to ask for help probably more than ever because if you're about to go into an isolation or, you know, a period where you're going to have to be at home more than ever, it is really important to be flagging if you are in an unsafe environment and potentially going I hate the word again, but into lockdown at a family member's house or somewhere where you are safer because you need to keep your safety and the safety of your children paramount at this time because people who at home wasn't their safe place are now being forced potentially to stay in that unsafe place for many weeks on end, which will just heighten tension. So please be mindful if you are in this situation, please consider potentially um, staying somewhere else for the time period putting your hand up and being honest with someone because it's about to tensions potentially could get a lot worse for um, for people in the situation. If you know someone, and often people do, you know someone who is in an unsafe environment, has domestic violence in their relationship, it is really important that you keep those lines of communication open and you keep reaching out. And if it gets unsafe, you need to try and step in and do something and Put your hand out to get that person out of that situation because my really awful feeling in my gut is that this is going to escalate a whole lot of domestic violence situations, which will then potentially escalate mental health issues and also suicide. Um, The risk of suicide if people are in unsafe environments and they've got mental health, you know, issues being worsened by this, what we're living in at the moment with the anxiety and so forth. We are going to see some stats coming out of this that won't be to do with whether or not you've got COVID-19. It will be what with regards to mental health issues, suicide, and potentially domestic violence situations. So please be mindful of that for yourself or for anyone you know that might be affected. I want to flag with you guys too is with regards to the fact that I've talked about this you know, information being shared on social media that potentially is not correct. There's a lot of people panicking and I'm seeing it really obviously with regards to not being out of buy masks, and I'm not going to go into medical information on this podcast. I went into a lot of it in the other one I did about COVID-19. But what I do want to flag with you guys listening, and potentially some of you are panicking because you didn't get to buy some masks, washing your hands is the most effective way to prevent yourself being exposed to or catching COVID-19. 
it's not a disease that is spread in the air, so it's not airborne. So it's not like you're going to walk into a room that someone's breathed in before, you know, five hours before, and the air is going to be full of COVID-19 and you're going to catch it. It is droplet spread. So it's from saliva and secretions, so from sneezing and coughing, and then it can land on a surface. And then if you've touched that surface and so forth, and then you've touched your face, your mouth, that's when the virus is actually spread. So I want you to be mindful that masks are good if you are sick and you are the one coughing and sneezing, you're keeping your cough and sneeze and secretions and any particles more contained. The best way to contain it though is an actual proper medical grade mask that there's no gaps around the edge, it's sealed properly, you're changing it regularly. I mean, a lot of them only last max of two hours. So if you've got a piece of material on your face, you know, it potentially isn't doing any difference to what with not having a mask. So I just want you to be mindful. If you don't have masks, don't worry. Washing your hands regularly, just keep thinking it's spread by the droplets when someone sneezes and coughs, for example, and then that goes on um, the trolley handle and then you put your hands on it after them. It's that kind of way that it's spread because then you touch your face or then you you know lick your finger or just something like that. But just be mindful, do not having mass hysteria out there because you couldn't get a mask. You can work without it, you know, perfectly fine and still keep yourself extremely safe. Next thing I'm going to get on to, something a bit more positive, I guess. What are you going to do with your time? So for those of you who are at home and you weren't expecting to be at home for this long, you might normally work or you might normally be a stay-at-home mum, but you often get out, you know, multiple times a day to keep your sanity, which is something I have recommended on quite a few episodes of my podcast, going out once a day, you know, get yourself a bit more sanity when you leave the four walls of your home. How are you going to use this time? And first I'll talk about you, you mum over there listening in, how are you going to use this time? Some suggestions that have been looked into and discussed and that I would recommend is potentially do something new. If you've always thought, oh, I'd love to do that online homeopath course, or I would love to do a bit of an online small business course, or just anything that you kind of think you might have done previously, but you have never had the time, or you've never had the time to prioritize it because you've had work, or you know, you've been doing a whole lot of other things maybe it's time to give it a go. Maybe it's time to be like, you know what, I'll just enroll. I might get a chunk done because I'm going to be home. And when my kids are having nap time or they're watching TV, which, hey, they're going to watch a hell of a lot more of, but that's okay. Um, you might be able to try something new. So it might be a small business. It might be you've always wanted to get online and join a network marketing company and sell oils or Tupperware or makeup or whatever the product may be and you just haven't done it, maybe it is time you might want to try something new. That's probably a you know a good time to try it because it'll also keep your mind busy. So whether it's studying or a little business or something, don't be afraid to think more about those kind of opportunities that may actually interest you and might be able to keep your mind ticking over and a little bit, a little bit active in this time. For those of you who are listening and you're pregnant, use this time to have do some nesting, decorate the house or the baby's room or do the baby's washing or try and keep your mind busy. Try and also, again, you could be the same. You might do a little bit of study or you might join an online business or you might just decide that this is your time to learn how to cross stitch or knit or paint a picture or just try and do something with the time that you potentially otherwise wouldn't have had. And if you just want to use the time to watch 500 series of different series on Netflix and you know, binge watch a whole lot of episodes of programs, absolutely do it. We're literally being forced to Netflix and chill, guys. So (laughs) this is an opportune time to do that. So that's the first suggestion with regards to doing something with your time. 
Second thing I want to talk about with regards to your time is if you do have kids that potentially are now going to be um, sent home from school, some states across Australia have are closed, have closed schools as of, I think it was today, um, New Zealand will be the same as of tomorrow. So there's a whole lot of people that are now going to have their kids at home. There's going to be a whole lot of anxiety on mums thinking they have to homeschool. And I say this because your job isn't to become a top-notch 100% homeschool teacher and have your kids walk out of school today, wake up tomorrow morning and you've got a plan, you've got their curriculum set up for the day, you've got all the activities, you know, you're all over the content. You can just chill out on it a little bit. Schools will no doubt, I mean, I presume in most, if not all situations, will be providing online activities or resources for a lot of students to do. Obviously, if they're in high school, they're a bit more independent with doing that kind of thing. Um, So they can potentially work through a whole lot of that. The younger ones in primary, potentially not so much. They might still provide some guidance as to certain things you should be doing. But I wanted to make it really clear is you don't have to become a top-notch homeschool teacher overnight. I know I sure as heck wouldn't be if my kids were out of school. They currently are still at school and we'll see how long that goes for. But you can take the pressure off yourself a little bit. You're probably a bit uneasy. You're probably not sure where to go, what to do, how it's going to affect you, how long things are going to be closed for. There's potential job losses that have happened to your family too. So you need to take the pressure off a little bit. The kids might just watch a whole lot more TV. They might play a whole lot more games on the iPad and they might probably fight with each other and argue a whole lot more than you would want them to for your sanity as well. But it's okay. It's okay to just do what you need for your family. And when you are trying to think, what can I teach them, you know, what can I go through with my five-year-old or what can my nine-year-old do? Do some stuff that you're comfortable with. I've seen a friend recently and, you know, she did things like she was didn't know what to go through and teach her son. So she got him to build, they needed to fix the guinea pig hut. So they use that as an activity. They She got him to, I think her son, maybe six or seven, write out a plan, write what tools they would need. He then helped, you know, fix up the guinea pig hut. And then when it was done, draw a picture of it at the end and write a story about what they'd done. So that one activity of fixing the guinea pig hut would have been, it had planning, it had probably a little bit of maths as to how much, how many they, how many nails they needed, how many items they needed. It then had a bit of art with drawing a picture at the end. And then it had a bit of English with writing a story about what they'd done. She just winged it off the cuff, created this whole little day of fun. Her son thought it was the coolest day ever, didn't feel like school at all. And she said it was really easy because she just kind of suggested things and they rolled with it. She didn't sit up all night learning the curriculum for her son and his his age and what math she needed to teach him and all that kind of stuff. So I want you guys to do the same. Just make an activity. Think of something fun to do. At the end, get them to write about it. Yeah, there's English. During it, maybe get them to count a few things. Hey, there's the maths lesson. If you've created something, get them to draw a picture as well. If at the end, there's a bit of art. And then if you want to get them to explain it to a sibling or explain it to a partner or a grandparent on the phone or something like that, hey, that's a bit of performing arts, you know, nailed it, job done. But just be mindful that you do not have to be a teacher. And I say that because I'm seeing people all over the internet, desperate posts like how my children are going to be home, you know, how do I go? What teachers can I reach out to? How do I know what to be teaching them? Just go with it and make whatever you do fun because otherwise you're going to go insane. If you're a teacher listening to this, you're going to find it a little bit easier potentially. But again, saying that teaching your own kids might also be quite hard and horrific. But if you're not, just roll with it. So just take the take the back pedal, you know, take the foot off the pedal is what I'm trying to say and just see how it goes. 
You need to be kind to yourself. And I feel like every episode we do links to something about being kind to yourself. Every person I interview, one of their top three motherhood tips is generally something to do with taking time out or being kind to yourself. You need to be kind with yourself. You might have a crap day. Some days you're going to wake up and if your kids are home with you and you have had a crap day the day before, it's going to be really hard not to wake up and think, oh my gosh, will school not just open? And that's reality. That's just motherhood. (laughs) I know sometimes even after a weekend, I'm excited for a Monday morning to drop all my four kids off and be like, thank you, have a great day and drive off. And that's not going to happen for quite a few weeks for some of you. But just be kind to yourself. Sometimes you might just want to tap out and be like, you know what, kids, watch movies all day. My parenting level is zero. Just chill out, don't fight, and we'll be having a good day. Be kind, that's okay. Just be a bit bit more gentle on yourself and just know that this is this is going to end. You're not going to be isolated to your home forever. This is something that is, a, it's a period in time and we'll all be looking back when it's all over and everything's gone back to normal going, wow, that was interesting. You know, we never did that before or we never did that or we never experienced anything like that. This is just something that we will experience in our lifetime and we just need to get through it and we just need to make the most of how we're doing it. And that perfectly leads me to my, um, probably one of the final things I want to talk about. And that's about simplifying things and actually just enjoying, trying to enjoy the time you've got that you're forced basically to be at home, to chill out, to potentially really get to know your children more because children grow. Children change every day, but every month they're doing something different. They're learning something. And that's no matter what age they are, whether they're three months old or they're 16 years old, your children are changing and evolving every day. We have to look at this time as a basically a forced time for families to reconnect, to be at home, but to go back to relying on each other, to go back to um, for married couples or partnered couples, you know, if you are in that situation, to actually just work together as a team again and work out how you want to run your days and your weeks and so forth together as a unit. For you just to kind of get back get back in touch with your kids and see where they're at and play those board games and play cards and watch movies. And hey, sometimes you're all going to be in your own rooms because you're all sick of each other, but that's okay because the next day you all might sit around and play a game of last card, have a laugh and have a hot drink. Just use the time to, it's almost like a um, forced family holiday, which isn't for a fun reason, for want of a better description, where we just need to get back to living life a bit more simple and actually reconnecting. So this is something that has been potentially forced on you. Um, And the fact that has happened is putting people into a real spin around the world. But we, it's happening. I'm one of those people that my philosophy is always that I'm a bit of a, um, positivity kind of you make the most of every opportunity kind of person for those of you who know me know me will be going okay yes I know but we have to make the most of it because if we sit home every day hating it stressing about it stressing about trying to be a teacher stressing about when I'm when are we going to go, go back to normal when what's happening I'm going to read every social media post I'm going to look at every single statistic whether it's correct factual or not I'm going to panic my butt off the whole entire time we're just making it a completely a, making already stressful time worse. We're heightening it. Don't be on a heightened state of alert all the time. Just stay home and chill and try and just unwind and actually just know that you're staying in your own home and you're using this time to actually simplify your life and just reconnect. That's kind of it from me today. Um, 
I hope that this is basically, even if it's just helped a few of you think, you know what, that she's right. I need to kind of simplify this a little bit more and not be so anxious about it. If it's helped some of you be more comfortable to put your hand up, if there are any mental health issues going on that you think, actually, this is pushing me over the edge. I need to put my hand up and ask for help. Or another, like again, another big topic I talked about was if you or anyone you know is in an unsafe environment at home, I highly encourage you to get help or get help for them because this may escalate things um, for those people in those situations. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, it's all back to normal, but it probably won't be. So I hope that you've got some really important information from this and you can put it in place to make things a little bit easier for you in this um, rough, tumultuous time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Welcome to Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves. I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take-home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.